you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you as we are within a few weeks of the National Football League draft taking place in Cleveland, Ohio, April 29th through May 1st. Buck, uh, I'm getting more excited as we get closer, but it feels like we're the, the time is frozen right now. And where is the fast forward button? <laughs> I mean, we're really, really close. And I think it's exciting because we pretty much put the, clo- the finishing touches on all of the draft evaluations, the draft boards are set. We've done all of the stuff. Now it's just trying to pick and choose which players are going to which teams. That's the exciting part of the run-up to the draft. Uh, you saw it on the screen there just a second ago. A reminder, you can find us on the Move the Six podcast, nfl.com slash podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Uh, on the show today, Buck, we have got a lot of ground to cover, including some fantastic guests. Yeah, some fantastic guests. We also have an opportunity to discuss John Gruden and the Raiders, take them into the body shop to fix them. And then finally, we're going to talk about Gregory Rousseau, his pro prospects, and how he projects at the next level. Yeah, uh, also going to get into these quarterbacks. I think we should do that 
right now. Uh, I, I guess it's being billed as a second pro day. Really, is there a pseudo private workouts here for some of these quarterbacks? Justin Fields uh, coming off his second workout there with some of the key teams in the quarterback market right behind him watching him throw. All we have to go off of is some of these clips that Ohio State released. Uh, not a surprise to see the ball jump out of his hand, Buck. I don't think there's any, any question about the talent uh, that Justin Fields possesses. But uh, give me your opinion on the value here of this second pro day, particularly with Kyle Shanahan standing right behind him. Yeah, well, I think the big thing is a lot of teams send different representatives to this workout. And DJ, as you know, we always talk about getting the number of eyes on top prospects because you want more eyes, more opinions to be able to make the right decision. I think it's very interesting that Kyle Shanahan was up close and personally got a chance to look at him and maybe imagine what he could do in his offense. But the Atlanta Falcons also had a contingent there as well as some other teams. And so this was really a show off moment for Justin Fields. Second pro day, second opportunity for everyone to really get an up close and personal view at how his game could project at the next level. And one of the unique relationships in this draft is with the guy we spent time with in John Beck, who has been working with Justin for a long time, is also now working with Trey Lance. John Beck played for Kyle Shanahan, has a great relationship with the Shanahans, and he has been kind of taking instruction from them on things to work on, things they want to show at these workouts. Now, John was not at the second pro day for Justin Fields, but I guarantee you a lot of the things they did in this workout, they incorporated on the practice field uh, at the request of the San Francisco 49ers. Just a fantastic dynamic here as we look at these top quarterbacks. Hey, DJ, that's an interesting nugget, and I haven't heard that used anywhere. And so I think just because we've kind of gotten grown accustomed to maybe thinking the 49ers and Mac Jones because of how we view that potential pairing, I just believe that Look, Justin Fields would offer the San Francisco 49ers something that they haven't had, and it would make their offense really, really dynamic. Well, we don't know where Justin Fields is going to go in the draft. We do have a pretty good idea of where Trevor Lawrence is going to go, and that's going to be number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we recently had a chance to chat with his college coach, Dabo Sweeney, about numerous topics, including the leadership of Trevor Lawrence. He has truly enjoyed his journey. He enjoyed being a freshman. He enjoyed camp. He enjoyed spring practice. I mean, and watching him come in here and, and have this self-awareness to him. Yeah, he knows he's really talented, but he's never satisfied. And he knew he needed to get bigger, stronger, faster, more knowledgeable, all these things. And to watch him attack that process uh, with just great joy in his journey was really cool. And, and you know, proved that he could he, he deserved to be the guy, had to go earn it. And then he does that. Well, then let's, you know, become a leader of the offense. Well, then it's let's become a leader of the team. Then it was let's become a leader of college football, you know, and let's become a leader in your community. And so it just watching him go through that journey, it's been pretty special. Yeah, I think you can see Trevor Lawrence very grounded, very rooted, and it's not going to be too big for him, Buck. No, I think that's a, a really, really important part of being a franchise quarterback is understanding the pressures that come with being on the biggest stage. And he has been on the big stage since he was a mid-teenager. He has always been celebrated and hailed as one of the top quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in his class. He goes to colleges, celebrated like that, and he, go to, he goes to the pros and will be the number one overall pick. And so this is a guy that is very comfortable in his own skin, but he's also very, very passionate about playing at a high level. And I think that's what you want when you're a franchise that is in desperate need of a high-end quarterback. Well, everybody knows how much we love comps. We, we like to make comps for players. And Dabo Sweeney had an interesting comparison for his quarterback. 
if you watch Steph Curry shoot the ball, it's just like you just you just go wow, like like his his it's just just to sit there and watch this guy shoot a basketball. Well, that's how you feel when you watch Trevor throw a football. When you get to see him live and you get to see him move, you just go wow. I mean, it's just it's just different. Yeah, I, I would say kind of just that pure, like Steph Curry is a pure shooter. I would say Trevor Lawrence is a pure thrower, Buck. So I, I don't think that's a, a crazy leap to make there between those two. No, DJ, one of the things that we've been excited about Trevor Lawrence for a long time is when you are around him, and we were around him early, we had a chance to see him in high school. We had the initial impression of, wow, that looks like a franchise quarterback. From a prototypical <laughs> standpoint, he's everything that you want. He's tall. He's long. He has great arm talent. He is athletic. Man, what more could you want, particularly when you start digging into his personality? So the comparison to Steph Curry, I absolutely buy it because we define quarterbacks as shooters and scorers. Trevor Lawrence is one of the best shooters that we've seen at the position. Yeah, I don't think difference. I would say I don't think Trevor's going to give you a little shimmy uh, after after hitting a big throw. That's Maybe. the only difference. I just he don't might, know if he, he has the shimmy a little in him. Bit. Yeah, he, okay. I, I think we'll he has we, it in him. I think he he plays nice. I think he got a little bit of that in him. Okay, we're going to try and pull the shimmy out of Trevor Lawrence. Um, all right, another <laughs> player that Coach Sweeney brought up was another interesting connection here between Trevor and a and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and and one uh, uh, reason why he wears the number he wears. You know, because that was really his hero growing up was Peyton Manning. Mm. That's why he wore 16 was for Peyton. Peyton was funny because he was like, golly, if, you know, you'd like if I was his hero, you'd, I wish you'd have chosen my alma mater, uh, you know. But, <laughs> but, you know, he's 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 big like Peyton, uh, but just a better athlete. You know, I mean, he can just yeah. flat out run. I mean, he's so different. Uh so I, I, I can't really recall anyone like him that had the combination of that size and speed and mm. and arm talent. Uh, it's mm. it's unique and and just an incredible football IQ to go with it. I mean, he, he's uh, he's got a high aptitude for the game, processes things quickly, anticipates well, you know, can make all the throws and uh, got a bright future for sure. Yeah, and I would say a couple other connections here real quick, Buck. They both had big expectations on them. Uh, and the other thing I would say, remember Peyton, you got to go back in our memory, but remember he got nitpicked for some of the losses that they had in big games. And you feel like people may be nitpicking Trevor Lawrence a little bit on that over the last two years as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like the comparison. And I, I'm surprised that Dabo brought it up because I never got the connection between Peyton Manning and 16 until you go back and see him in Tennessee at you know, in that orange. And so I do believe Trevor Lawrence has been nitpicked in a way that's very reminiscent to Peyton Manning. When you've been on top for a while, that's what happens. But in terms of the IQ and the way that he approaches the game, I do see some similarities. Yeah, look, there's a lot of intrigue in this draft, but I, I don't think we have much intrigue here with the first overall pick. It is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence. And you look, if you're a Jaguar fan, you should sleep well at night. This is going to be the face of your franchise. It's not too big for him. He's ready to go. Uh, Dabo Sweeney believes it. Bucky and I believe it as well. It's an exciting time here for the Jags as we get towards the draft here in Cleveland. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, one of the more polarizing players as we've come through this scouting process. You see the size and the length that jumps off the screen. Very productive. You look at the 15-plus sacks. 
the, the negative stuff, okay, doesn't have an elite get-off, doesn't you know bend at a big-time rate coming out the top of his rush, and Buck can be a little bit high against the run. Uh, but this is someone that's very young, very productive, with a lot ahead of him. Yeah, DJ, when I've looked at him, I've likened him to Jason Pierre-Paul in terms of his length, his athleticism, the way he gets after it, and the way that he's been able to kind of become a productive player in a very, very short time. The issue that you have is he's not necessarily an A1 or an elite athlete, but we've seen plenty of pass rushers that have been able to succeed without being maybe Olympians coming off the edge. I think he has an opportunity to develop into being a high-end pass rusher. We'll continue our evaluation here in just a moment, but we do want to let you in on a conversation we had with Gregory Rousseau earlier in the fall discussing what he's been through for the last year. I appreciate you taking some time for us today, but I guess uh, I'll start with the first question, you know, the, the decision that you had to make uh, of whether or not to play this year or whether just begin getting ready for the for the upcoming draft. I know we've seen through the early portion of the season, Miami's got a really good football team yeah. uh, there and, and all your buddies there. But wh- how difficult was what that was that decision and what went into it? Uh, really just it was a decision that me and my family talked about a lot and we came to. My mom was a COVID nurse, so just me having the opportunity to like retire her and um, and to just follow through with that and opt out, I, I had to do it for like just me and my family and stuff. But it, it de- it's definitely tough. It was tough to leave the team for sure. That really hurt because I love those guys. Like those are my best friends in the world and stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're balling and they're playing right now. And I, I love watching them every single week. I root them on and I, I'm, I'm tweeting about them. You know, I'm just, I love when they ball out. So I'm real happy for them. But it was a tough decision, honestly. You know, Greg, it obviously was a tough decision because – you're away from a game that you know and love. And because football is such a developmental game, how have you been able to kind of work on your game without participating or practicing during these moments? I've just been here at Exos really just working on everything, definitely emphasizing, like, just learning new moves. I've been working with Coach May. I've been working with Chuck Smith from Atlanta. But just learning new moves and keeping my pad level down and just getting into that groove like I'm in the season and working hard every day. I work, I work here Monday through Friday, so I definitely simulate just – having those long work weeks like you do in the season, and I'm staying in the, in the best shape of my life, honestly, and I'm getting a lot bigger and stronger while I'm here. But, yeah, I'm definitely trying to, like you said, just put my body through it like I am playing football. We talked about it a little bit uh, over social media, but w- tell everybody what your weight was, what you played at last year, and where are you at today? Last year I played at, like, probably 240, around, like, 243, 244, sometimes 245, and right now I'm at 266. Jeez. Have you felt have you been able to maintain your speed? I mean, that's that's one of the things that makes you go is your juice off the edge. You've been able to keep that up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I added like all good weight. I made sure of it. You know, and, and think about it. Let's talk about your unique journey. How did you find yourself from being a guy that did a little bit of everything in high school to now being one of the celebrated pass rushes in football? Explain. Um, honestly, I was getting recruited. I had like a couple offers from like Indiana, USC, uh, what else? NC State, those were like offers for me to play like receiver or like safety. And then I got offered by LSU and they were like, oh, like you can come here and play back, like outside backer slash DN or whatever. And I'm like, man, that's a pretty good idea. And then Coach Diaz from Miami offered me. And he really liked when he offered me, he sat down and like wrote down a plan for me. He was like, we have a position for you called the Viper. You're going to drop 25% of the time. You're going to rush 75% of the time. He just went through everything. He was like, he said that he was on the um, NC State staff with Mario Williams and Manny Lawson, and he told me that I reminded, I reminded him of them. So I just seen that and him just putting, like, the pen to the paper, writing out a plan for me. I was like, man, this could really work. So I chose Miami. And, and Coach Diaz really 
turn my football life around. Not that it was going in a bad direction, but really just opening my eyes to the position of DN. Even though I played a little bit of it in high school, I was never serious about it. So he really just told me, like, man, that's your future. Like, your future there, you can make a lot of money playing DN. So I stuck with it, and he was right, 100%. Now, you talk about playing DN. You also, they'll move you around in, in some of your sub stuff. You get to go inside and rush over guards, which was not a fair fight in there. Uh, yeah. when, you're, when, you're, when you're watching tape during the week, uh, walk me through your preparation process. You're, you, you know, putting together your rush plan during the week. What are you looking for when you're when you're studying an opponent? First, I'm looking for like pre-snap stuff to see like let's say they're the tackle the uh, the tackle's foot points out or whatever. It's the pa- if it's a pass or their hands might be crossed like this or a little bit higher if it's a pass or they might have their hands separate if it's a pass play. I'll look at tells like that. I'll look at depth. I'll look at running back depth in the backfield and see if it's going to be like his own replay or if he's like a little bit um, split out like he's going to flare out or if he's going to block. So I'll look at a whole bunch of pre-snap stuff first, and then I'll look at the actual tackle or guard I'll be going against and look like, see if they're a high puncher, a low puncher, and just to see how they block and if they're aggressive or not and what will work against them, if they're quick on their feet, if they're heavy on their feet, and they, and they're, or if they're, like, scared of power, or if, they're, or if they don't want to throw hands because someone alignment will hold their hands, they'll hold them, hold them, hold them until you shoot, and then they'll try to, like, or they might flash you and make you throw your hands, and then they'll start trying to block you. So just looking at all that stuff and just – um really just having a feel for what my opponent's go-to blocking tendencies are. That's what I really do during the week. And then also I won't get caught up too much in like, in like the actual like plays that they're doing because I feel like that can make you think too much. So I just try to almost win my one-on-one matchup and do my job every single play. You know, Greg, I'm going to be honest with you, just listening to you, um, your insight and knowledge in terms of being that's able an artist, to articulate that's an artist. like like that is you that did. is something that that's very unique and, I, and i'm saying this like humbly saying like having played with like bruce smith and Derek thomas and we we drafted julius peppers like that is uncommon for someone to have so much detail um mm-hmm. at this age and i want to ask you because chuck smith is known as one of the best teachers when it comes to hand skills and hand placement and teaching pass rush moves what have you been able to pick up from him since you guys have gotten together uh, uh, he taught me to cross chop a couple of weeks ago, a move that you see Aaron Donald doing and, um, and TJ, uh, TJ Watt does it real well. And it's really becoming like one of those go-to moves in the NFL. And I, I didn't have too many moves last year. So just learning that move, uh, it's really, I feel like it's really going to help my game at the next level. You could do it from the three, you could do it from the five all the way from the outside. Even Aaron Donald was doing it like from, from I think a five or seven technique, but yeah, just learning that. And also him just telling me like when I run off the ball and make my first couple of steps make everything look the same. I never heard that in college, so that's something that I that I'm really holding on to. He said just to make everything look the same at first, and then you just throw at throw at them whatever you're gonna throw, and they're not gonna know what's coming because you don't want to give away something with your pad level or the, or if you're taking choppy steps or anything like that. So him just being to articulate and and just break down the rush the rushes more than just go up there and just throw do this throw your hands this way. Like he really sat down and broke a lot of things down to me. So I'm really grateful to be working with him, and I'm blessed to be working with him. And I love and I, I'm excited for him to keep on teaching me stuff and for me to keep soaking up knowledge from him. I know one of the questions about you was, you know, power. Sometimes when you got your height, you, the pad level can be a little bit of an issue. But I, we, and we've talked about this previously. But against Duke, I saw I saw the speed to power. I saw you convert yeah. that. Uh, yeah. it, is it like just something that just kind of gets unlocked? Like in those moments in that football game, was that kind of like, OK, now I get it because you're so relatively new to the position? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, yeah, like that tackle number 63 I was going against, he liked to he liked to really focus on his hands and his feet and be real quick on him. So I knew he'd be pretty light on him. So I, I kind of just bullied him in a lot of plays during the game by just pushing him back. Real simple, just speed to power, like you said. And and yeah, 
uh, I, I feel like like wh- like when I watch somebody, I'm just gonna almost take almost take what they're giving me, you know. Mm-hmm. And also during the Duke game, I think it was one of the last games of the season. And I feel like during the beginning of the season, I didn't get too many snaps. I was only playing like North Carolina game. I probably had 13. Florida game, I probably had like 12 or 14. I was really a rotational player. And like, I wasn't as comfortable yet. But during, as the season kept progressing, I got more comfortable. And I and I became, I got to a level where I could like do things in the game and be like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this out. You know, even though I didn't have too, I didn't try too many moves. I knew I had some in the bag. And I wish I, I wish I could have played and brought him out this year because because I, I definitely got a lot more moves. But but yeah, during it, towards the end of the season, like in the bowl game, I gave a dude a hezzy and went around him and, and got a sack. Like just just I worked that stuff in practice. But I, during towards the end of the season, like I said, I really started to like just come into my own and it's get, get I got a lot more confident while I was on the field for sure. You know, so because you're in this unique circumstance where you won't play in the fall, but then if COVID kind of subsides a little bit and we go back to a normal calendar where we have like the combine and the pro days and those things, what are some of the things that you want to either show scouts or tell scouts to kind of solidify yourself as one of those top guys, even though you didn't play this fall? Uh, definitely my pad level and just to be crisp. I want to be real crisp in my uh, D-line drills. I also want to show that I'm, I'm explosive. I want to run a good 40. I want to have a, a good get off. I want to show that I'm quick and I can move. I could drop back in the coverage. I could, I could play the, the one, the three, the five, the seven, the nine, I could drop back, like I said. So just just to show my versatility, you know, and that I, I could do it all, and I'm a real coachable guy. And and definitely, like I said, I'm just working on getting more explosive so I could have a real good get-off when I get to the league because I know those tackles are a lot more athletic and they're bigger. So I, I've definitely been working on my lower body, like explosion, and my get-off. One of the things we like to ask guys is they're going through this process is, you know, what kind of adversity have you dealt with? Because – that's a lot, a lot. A lot of times when you look at guys that fail at the next level, it's because they haven't had adversity or they haven't handled adversity well. Is there an example in your life? You could be uh, on the field or off the field uh, mm-hmm. where you've had to battle through some some tough times. Uh, for me, the toughest time probably be when I got hurt my freshman year because I came to Miami. I early enrolled. I had a real good spring. You know, I, I there was a scrimmage. There was a couple of scrimmages. I got four sacks in one. I got three sacks in another. I was just out there having so much fun, and then I got hurt like second game of the season. And I was just like really like in a dark place at that time, you know. That was a real tough time for me for sure. Like it took a lot out of me, but like my friends and family that rallied around me, my teammates, you know, they they helped me out with everything. Whether it was um, taking me to class or picking me up from from dinner or 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 getting me to practice in the morning because I couldn't drive. I was on a scooter for like eight weeks, so just that was a real tough time for me not being able to play football. And it's like when you get hurt, it's like it's like the team is like a train, and the trains just. Like it's like you just get off on a stop and it keeps on going, but you just gotta keep your faith, you know. And I, I, I like stayed, stayed in my faith in God. I prayed about it, you know, and I, I was blessed enough to bounce back and have a great year. But that was definitely the the hardest like time in my life for sure. You know, so as an evaluator, one of the things we look for. DJ talked about the adversity, but we also want to know your why or what inspires you to do what you do. So why do you play football? Who who inspires you to play? Like what do you do it for? I do it for my family, honestly. For me to be able to uh, uh, have the chance to to retire my mom and dad, it means everything to me. You know, they put in so much work into me. They took me to camps. They, they're at every single game, uh, whether they're – even if they were working the day after or just had a, a five-day work week on Saturdays when I was an optimist football, that would be at every single game, every high school game. So I really do it for them, you know. They inspire me because they're real hard workers and, and they came from nothing and, and they raised me up. So I'm just – I'm blessed to have those people in my life and I do everything for them, honestly, because I can't wait. Like just to get that, to be able to get that um, 
to get that check and just be like, yo, mom, you don't have to work no more. Dad, you don't have to work no more. It's going to mean everything to you, you know? All right, last question from me, and uh, we appreciate your time today, Greg. But let, it's been – it's a weird year this year in 2020, right? And you, you missed yeah. football season this year. But if we could go in a time machine a year a year away, let's say you get through your rookie season. For you to look back on your rookie season and say, okay, that was a success, what what will have taken place if you would deem your rookie year a success? Uh, really just me – I won't even put a number on stats or anything. Really just me coming into my own – and just getting everything I can get out of myself, you know, whether that's 10 sacks, 20 sacks, 100 sacks, you know, just me being out there and and just dominating and playing at the highest level that I can play. I know it's going to obviously be harder. I'm not just going to go out there and bully grown men first day, but, you know, but I'm going to compete uh, um, to my best capability and I'm going to show what I can do. And I can't wait for the opportunity to play for whichever team drafts me. I'm going to be a team guy, you know, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be a positive uh, um, person in the locker room. I'm going to help out whoever I can help out. And I'm going to just show love in any way I can. So I really can't wait. And I'm up for the challenge, you know. I know the NFL is going to be tough, but I just can't wait to get out there and compete with the best of the best. I can't wait. I love it, man. Well, hey, you've been great with us today. It's awesome to spend some time with you. I'm sure we'll catch you along the journey here as we get closer to the draft. But keep working hard, man, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yes, sir, I will. Thank you. With AC, DJ, he's one of the top five pass rush that I have on the board. I have him sitting at number three. Some of that is just due to the impact of the pro days, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But, look, he's a talented player. We'll see how it works out for him. I think someone is going to land an explosive pass rusher who surprises uh, at the next level. Yeah, I think he's getting dinged pretty hard for this pro day. Um, as somebody who opted out and we didn't see him play football in the last year, and people say, oh, he was really stiff and tight. This pro day did not look good. The shuttles were not good at all. Um, you see him here kind of going through the bags. There wasn't as much urgency. But, Buck, when you go look at the time there, the 4 6 7 40, is, that's a solid time of that size. But really, it's the 10. He had the fastest 10 among the uh, top rushers in this draft at a one five seven. So you got somebody that can really, really cover ground. You can win with that first step. You can win with your length. Not going to be an elite bender, but we've seen some really good pass rushers put up big numbers, despite being a little bit tight. You know, DJ, here's what's funny about his pro day, right? So I went back because I've made the comparison between Rousseau and Jason Pierre-Paul. The pro day numbers are exactly the same. And so when people get enamored and they kind of ding him for that, just understand Jason Pierre-Paul has been one of the more successful pass rushers in our league. This guy comes in the same. When I see his game, it looks very reminiscent of JPP. I am fine with Gregory Rousseau being a first-round pick. I still think he comes off the board in the middle of the first round. Yeah, it does lead to a good discussion, though, about the guys that opted out. It's a different year, right? We've never had anything like this. So we look at the guys just in my top 50 uh, that we did not see play football this year, led right at the top of the list by Jamar Chase. I mean, that's a good list of football players. Um, so it's been a challenging evaluation period for guys because you haven't seen these guys in over a year. And I think maybe uh, the pro day took on a little added emphasis. You, Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater, uh, Micah Parsons, Panay Sewell, uh, they all crushed their pro days. The, the two on the bottom, Rousseau, did not have a great pro day. And Caleb Farley has been dealing with a little bit of a back thing. So it, it's a unique year, Buck. Yeah, very new, unique year. And it's, it's really hard because you have guys who have played this year, guys who played a full slate of games, guys who played a partial slate, and then guys who didn't play at all. And in reality, with the opt-out guys, you have to kind of treat them like a player that was injured and suffered a season and an injury before the season. You have to grade them off the previous year's tape. And it's a little more of a projection, but we've seen these guys, Jamar Chase, Michael Parsons, Panay Sewell. These are very talented players. Um, 
Don't get caught up in the fact that they didn't necessarily play in 2020 and miss out on a guy who could be a five-star player at the next level. Uh, two other players I thought did really well at their pro day, uh, Joe Tryon from Washington, his teammate Levi Anzarike, yeah. uh, both had good workouts. I think both are kind of on that borderline first-round, second-round mix uh, as opt-out players. But I don't think we'll have a year like this ever again. It used to be, remember remember the big discussion, Christian McCaffrey didn't play in his bowl game. Uh, now uh, this is yeah. a whole different conversation. We haven't seen these guys play in a year. So uh, you never know. Uh, what the scouting world uh, challenge they're going to be facing. It, it changes uh, from year to year, but definitely this year, a very unique challenge as you try and stack these prospects. We are headed inside the body shop, and today we are going to bring Raider Nation into the Move the Sticks body shop to see if we can't fix this engine and fix this vehicle here that is the Las Vegas Raiders. And Buck, I feel like there's already been some some work done on this car. Uh, we look at this offensive line. The overhaul has begun here uh, when you look at some of these changes. Yeah, the changes are significant. You talk about the removal of three veterans from an offensive line that I believe might have been the best unit on the team. And so now you have to think about repairing the offensive line while also devoting your time and attention to the defense because, look, this defense has been bad, and they need upgrades up at linebacker, safety, corner. Anything defense, they can take it. They need to upgrade their defensive unit with a new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, coming over. Yeah, along with those changes to the offensive line, they, they really like Andre James, a young player. Uh, they re-signed Colt Miller to a long-term contract. So going to be a different-looking offensive line. Uh, but let's start fixing this engine here. What, that's what we call uh, doing the, using the draft to, to get this vehicle up and running. So 17th pick, I'm going to go Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, uh, the linebacker slash safety from Notre Dame, somebody that can play a variety of roles, could be your big nickel, can be your will linebacker. Uh, Gus Bradley really values those linebackers at the second level that can run and cover. And that's what this kid can really do. You talk about Derwin James and his versatility in Gus's defense. And this is another chess piece for Gus Bradley. Yeah, it absolutely is a nice chess piece because we've talked about the versatility that's necessary to be a dominant defense. You have to have one player who can be the Swiss Army knife. You're right about J.O.K. being able to be the big nickel, the weak side linebacker, the playmaker, the designated blitzer. He brings a lot to the table when it comes to really solving some of the Silver and Black's biggest needs. Yeah, so again, think about how versatile Derwin James was with the Chargers with Gus Bradley. You see that versatility here with JOK. All right, Buck, let's get to the 48th pick here. Who do you like? Yeah, Javon Holland from Oregon is a perfect match for the Raiders at the 48th pick. This is a playmaking safety. Great ball skills and instincts. Nine career interceptions. A guy who just has a knack for finding the football. And in this defense where you have a single high coverage predominantly, you have to have someone that can kind of be the ornament on the tree. Javon Holland is one of the best ornaments on the tree that you can find because his range, instincts, and awareness certainly will allow him to get his hands on a ton of balls. All right, we haven't addressed the offensive line position, but we got a couple more picks here. Let's let's kick it off here. You see Josh Myers from Ohio State. We're going to take him at pick number 79. Has that experience at center, can play guard, really any of those three interior spots, and it would allow them to kick Denzel Good out to right tackle. I think his versatility as a guard tackle allows you for a pick like this one to kind of fortify the interior of that offensive line. But I think they should double up here, Buck. What do you think? Yeah, I think they will double up. Brady Christensen is a nice get. When you think about adding pieces to this offensive line, you need to make sure that you're solid, and this is a rock-solid player. An experienced player coming out of BYU, he certainly understands how to play the position. And what I like about him, he has some of that nasty that is necessary to wear the silver and black. 
Yeah, tested like a freak too, man. Unbelievable testing numbers uh, that he put out there at the BYU Pro Day. So we feel like we've got some good young pieces, versatile pieces along the offensive line here with these last two picks. And we've added some speed and athleticism to this defense for the Raiders. Big year coming up for John Gruden, Mike Mayock and company. We feel like this team needed to be a little more athletic and, and a little bit younger up front. We feel like we got that accomplished this week inside the body shop. Next week, we're taking the New England Patriots inside the Move the Sticks body shop and see if we can get that vehicle uh, back into championship shape. All right, it's time now for our favorite game here on Move the Sticks. It's Wheel of Prospects. All right, Buck, here's what we do. We spin the wheel one time. That gives us a position. Uh, then we spin it again. It gives us a team. And then it's up to us to come up with a player that fits the position with the team. You ready to go? Man, let's do it. All right, let's give that wheel a spin here, see what position we have today. Right, let's go. Oh, wide receivers. Okay. Uh, I'm up first, one. and I've got the Dolphins. Okay, Dolphins, I'm going to go with their first pick here. Uh, sixth overall pick. They reposition themselves here to get one of a few guys. I'm going to go Jamar Chase as the, uh, as the fit here for them. I think that pick comes down to Kyle Pitts as a tight end or Jamar Chase as a wideout. Uh, if we're just looking at receivers, though, this is a pure number one wideout. You're going to give Tua Tonga-Vailoa a chance to have a big-time premier weapon that can win on third downs and in the red zone. He absolutely can get it done, man. This guy is smooth as silk. He does a great job running routes, but also has a little physicality in his game that makes him an ideal candidate to be a number one receiver. So, this, so, so oh, I'm up. I get to spin. Here. Come on, let's spin it. Let's spin it. Let's spin it. I feel like you get a little more muscle on this thing than I do. Oh, okay. Here we go. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to give them Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle is a fit to me because I'm looking for a true number two to go opposite DeAndre Hopkins. When I think about what a number two should have, he should have big playability, speed, the ability to stretch the field, and no one stretches it like Jalen Waddle. Terrific, explosive playmaker. Someone, Kyler Murray, will have a lot of fun targeting on these deep balls. He will create some more space for DeAndre Hopkins to work underneath. Real quick with this, Bucky, with A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Waddle, um, do you think we actually see them kind of go back to Kingsbury's, Kingsbury's roots here and they're in 10 personnel, four wide, and, and chuck and duck? Let's go. Yeah, I think they have to chuck and duck a little bit because I think they're two questionables. A.J. Green, we don't know which A.J. Green is going to show up. And Christian Kirk has been good as a number two, but he's probably better served to be a number three. 11, 10 personnel, I think we'll see some of those, a mix of groups that we have Waddle on that staff. Yeah, that'd be fun to watch. All right, let's uh, let's keep it going here. Let, let me give this wheel a spin. See if I can't get a little more uh, juice on my spin here. I feel like Bucky's getting a little bit more than me. Okay, that's one of my better ones. Okay, uh, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> uh, receiver has been a tough one for them to evaluate over the years, but I'm going to go Terrace Marshall out of LSU. Uh, we talked about Jamar Chase's teammate a little bit earlier going up there in the top 10. I think Marshall has a chance to go here in the bottom of the first round, have him going 27 to the Ravens. Inside-outside flexibility, Buck, and one of the few talented big wide receivers in this draft. A, a lot of sub-six-footers in this group, uh, not here. He can play above the rim. Yeah, and I think it's important that they have someone who is big who can play above the rim because you want to expand the strike zone for Lamar Jackson. You also want to have someone who can legitimately occupy that number one role. You have Hollywood Brown who can take the top off the defense, but someone who can be a chain mover, Terrace Marshall certainly can fill that role. All right, uh, give it a whirl here. Who you got? Okay, give it a whirl. I'm going to try and get a big spin. It's hard, though, when you have to reach over the rails. Like, so so I'm, I'm, I'm spinning it, <laughs> see if I can get a little muscle on yeah. that. 
Here we go, the Detroit Lions. This is a tricky one because I'm sitting here in the top 10, and we desperately need a number one receiver. I'm going to go with Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is okay. a guy who is a natural number one when we look at his game. He can do it all. He can see him take the bubble screens. You'll see him take the deep crossing routes. He can run every route on the route tree, and he's a playmaker. And I know the size can make you hesitant a little bit, but, man, he is as tough as nails. And the way that he was able to put up big numbers every week against the SEC leads me to believe that he'll be able to replicate that kind of success at the next level. That number, those stats at the bottom of the screen, 30 more Rece- 31 more receptions, 663 more receiving yards, four more receiving touchdowns than any player in FBS. That is ridiculous. Uh, uh, okay, I've got one more shot at it here. Let me get one more spin here on Wheel of Prospects. Uh, what do we got here, Pat? Come on, Pat Sajak. Let's give. Okay, Tennessee oh! Titans. All right, all right. Now keep in mind they lost uh, Corey Davis to the Jets in free agency, so we're going to try and get a big wide receiver to replace Corey Davis. I'm going to go to Michigan and Nico Collins. Um, Somebody we did not Love see it. play in 2020. Buck, the last we saw him on college tape, he was 230 pounds. Now he's 215 pounds. So he's leaned up. He ran really fast. And some of the more acrobatic catches uh, on tape when you go back to that 2019 tape. And now he moves better. So I like that as a replacement there for Corey Davis. You know, here's the thing. When you had a chance to look at Nico for a little bit at the senior bowl, he looked like a natural big body playmaker that could do a lot of things, move the chains, be a red zone weapon. Then you see the pro day numbers, the explosiveness and the athleticism. You're right about him leaning down. Leaning down may might make him a much better player at the next level. All right, there you go. There's Wheel of Prospects for today. And I think we saved a little time here uh, for some Twitter questions. We put out the hashtag AskMTS, and you guys have lobbed some questions for us. So let's see if we can answer a couple of these. All right, first one up, uh, and this one is going to be quarterback related, and it's about the Washington football team. Do we think they draft one, um, and what QB fits their team the most? I'll give you that one, Buck. Man, it's two, I think it comes down to two guys, right? I would say for Ron Rivera, Trey Lance might be the best fit just because he's basically Cam Newton light. Matt Jones might be the best fit for offensive coordinator Scott Turner in terms of what they want to do from a high-end perspective, though. I just know how much they value the football, and Trey Lance is a decision-maker and not turning the football over with their defense. I think that matches up uh, and makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, I think we've got time for one more question here. Let's see what we've had. Oh, Oh, let's go. Pens hits us up with who is the Dan Hanses of this draft class. I, I would probably say Grant Stewart, uh, linebacker from Houston. He's got that flowing hair out the back of his helmet. Hanses has good hair. Uh, he's going to be a special teamer. You know, I think that's he's a role player, and that's. I mean, I think that's how we describe Hanses, right? Definitely a role player. Uh, what's he like? I believe that there's some that are in the eight, the around the league setting that believe that. He's a franchise player, more like a Trevor Lawrence type. So you alluded to the long flowing hair, but then you talk about his ability to maybe to lead that group. Maybe Hansis is a number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, Stewart plays hard, and uh, I think we could say the same thing about Dan. The effort is never going to be an issue. You know, it's just going to give you everything that they have, and we admire that, and we appreciate that uh, about Dan Hansis. Uh, Final thoughts here, Buck, as we're wrapping up. Hey, look, man, one step closer to getting the draft weekend. Excited about all the things that take place and how these teams are going to rebuild their squads. Uh, Next week, uh, come back and join us again. We're going to have Trey Lance. Uh, You're going to hear from him as well as take the New England Patriots inside the body shop. We enjoy that. Uh, Appreciate you guys checking us out. Remember, you can find the podcast, nfl.com slash podcast. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. 
Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.